0: And remember, fish are friends, not food. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Adam Pecora here. Welcome to another episode of Requiem for a Tuesday. Uh, trying to switch it up here, as you can hear. Uh, that is me playing in the background under the alias Wolf X, trying to get a little ambiance going to the intro, you know. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, if you do want to listen to any of my music, solo or otherwise, I, we got it streaming everywhere. Wolfex, Multiplex. Multiplex. Uh, easiest way to find everything is through my Instagram at Adam.RFat. Uh, so follow me there for a whole lot of good stuff, right? <laughs> Lots of good content. Uh, but the link in my bio will link you to everything or you can just go search for it on your own again wolf x or multiplex and uh yeah coming in strong here for the podcast a little bit of music plug in there that was fun i think that went well <laughs> uh but yeah oh you know just trying to mix it up you gotta keep things fresh uh as we all go a little stir crazy and lose our minds here <laughs> hopefully that's not the case for you um as it apparently is for me you know, nothing crazy, but uh, just kind of going through little bouts of existential cry I <laughs> I love words that pluralize with I. It's one of my uh, favorite linguistic pleasures to partake in. Now, unfortunately for me, there aren't very many words that do pluralize an I, so in that case, i got to make some up, and uh, I like it that way you know who needs to follow the rules of the english language like you guys understand what i'm saying you know uh but yeah so we got i'm just trying to do like regular promotional style stuff so please rate and review and subscribe and all that stuff to the podcast as well um as well as my other content as previously mentioned now uh what I don't get is, like, everybody's doing all these, like, podcasts via Zoom now, and, like, Zoom chats are becoming a thing, and, like, the late-night stuff is all done via that app. And my whole thing is, like, where the fuck did this thing come from? I, have n- I had never heard of this app prior to the pandemic happening. And I'm like, damn, they really churned out a video chat app pretty quick for this like oh zoom the official group chat of the coronavirus uh but no apparently it's been a thing for years and i mean i guess how would i know what real companies are using internally i guess i don't really have a way of doing that but i feel like any like hot tech you've heard like you've at least heard about if it's like the most popular chatting thing on earth you would think that At some point, it would be mentioned in a day-to-day up until this point. And it was just weird to me. Like Everybody's talking about it like it's normal. And I'm like, what the fuck is Zoom? They're all just acting like, oh, you haven't heard of it? And I'm like, bro, no. What? You know, why didn't anybody tell me? I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I still don't have it. Still don't use it. There's nobody to talk to. So, (sighs) yikes. Uh, Just kidding. Uh, Fortunately, I don't do video, so I don't have to worry about that part. Uh, I am looking into getting some, uh, audio guests onto the show, social distance style. Uh, so that may be coming forward. Something to, uh, look forward to there. But yeah, where the fuck did this come from? I mean, it just really dropped out of the sky. I, th- I assumed that to this point people were still using Skype. Uh, and I found out that it's terrible. And I mean, like, I never thought it was great, but when Skype, st- when Skype came out, it was all there was. So it was like, this is the coolest shit ever. Uh, but I guess they kind of plateaued out. Sorry, Skype. Uh, Zoom appears to be the way to go. So... But yeah, thanks for letting me know, I guess. You know, might have been useful to have that information beforehand. Uh, you know, now I look like an asshole. Uh, But I mean, you know, it's a crazy time. We all have always clearly thought that the end of the world would be a whole lot more dramatic. And I mean, I, there's still plenty of time for that to happen. You know, don't get me wrong. It easily could be way crazier. But, I mean, if you're going on the movie-to-reality scale, doesn't this kind of make sense, you know? Like, most, uh, here, let's say, like, most, like, traffic chases probably aren't as crazy, I think we can safely say, as they are in the movies, you know what I mean? And turns out that, like, even a more tamer version, (laughs) if you want to call it that, I guess in the context of what it is, sure, Uh, but, like, 28 Days Later... You know, seems like a realistic portrayal of what a zombie outbreak would look like. Now, maybe that is a realistic portrayal of a zombie outbreak. Uh, But in terms of the apocalypse, like, there's no, like, okay, I guess apocalypse isn't the right word. But I mean, you know, like, for the situation we're in, like, where, even where it requires a government shutdown, like, you're instantly, I mean, again, it's not, like, shut down, but, like, it's hard to not talk in those extreme of terms because that's how it seems like, right? Like the whole country is basically on pause. And you would think that financially that means, like, all right, I'm about to fucking run up in Walmart. I'm going to get, I'm going to give me a 42 inch TV. I'm going to give me an Xbox and some socks because, like, you got to have socks. You know, you don't know what's about to go down out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, that would be valid thinking. You know, you think there's going to be looting and, like, nobody's working, so, like, everybody's going to go nuts. And it's kind of like, yeah, we're all going, like, we're getting, like, a little stir-crazy. But it's, it's honestly, everything's just a little bit more boring in real life. And I think that that's always been the case. And, uh, I mean, look at the president himself, you know, right? Like, in comic books and whatever, like, the supervillain guy is, like, a rich guy. Like, Kingpin, you know, like, works his way to the top. And uh, gets himself elected, and blah blah blah, does all these terrible things, and like has his name on all the buildings, and it's like, oh, this guy is great, blah blah blah. It's like, oh no, he's a monster, you know. And then in reality, it's just fucking Donald Trump just doing that, and like his evil plans aren't as like dramatic and like dictator, dictatorial. Is that <laughs> is that how you would say dictate, dictator, eel, dictatorial? You gotta learn how to use your cock, bro. Uh, but yeah, you know, like you would, you would think that everything would always be in way grander things and it's just like, everything's just way more drawn out cause the government's fucking slow period. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither was the fall of the, like, you know what I mean? The government can't fall as quickly as you think, I guess. Who knows? I mean, we can certainly test that theory. Uh, but yeah, it, I don't know. It just kind of seems like we would be I don't know it seems like this situation would be more dire under what we'd expect, but I mean, since nothing like that's ever happened before, we're just assuming it would be like a fucking crazy movie scenario, you know, and I'm glad it's not you know i mean i'm I'm not exactly strapped to the nines ready to fucking bust down intruders or whatever no, don't get me wrong, you know what i mean like i i got I got an arsenal, but uh. You know, it's not my wheelhouse, you know, I'm not Patrick Swayze out here trying to hold down the fort like a fucking rock star, you know what I mean? Like, I I played enough Nazi zombies that I feel like I I can get around for a little bit, but, you know, I ain't ready for, like, no Mad Max type shit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I think that, like, the comic book villain element of the president is really, really overlooked, and I think that you can make a lot of parallel art, like to that. And I mean, there already is, like, as I said, it, it it definitely draws a lot of comparisons to comic book villains and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I would love to see like a political commentary that takes place under the guise of it being a supervillain. You know what I mean? Like, let's say there's like a smart superhero alternate movie, you know, whatever, just like some studio wants to make like their Hancock or dark man style movie and the villain is basically the president but you do it subtly enough that you know blah 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 so i i think that's a good idea i love how like for a, a while now but especially especially now the other day like that that quentin tarantino thing came out where like he's telling the story about how he got drunk and found himself sitting next to pierce brosnan you know as we all do and, you know, he got drunk and pitched him his Bond movie. And it's like, oh, it sounded incredible. And it's like, of course it sounded incredible. He's a fan. Like, he gets what would be dope. That's why all of his movies are fucking awesome. You know, if you're one of the people who's all bummed out because, like, he borrows from too many people, then I'm sorry that you can't have any fun, you know. Uh, but it's just like the whole thing where he's like, oh, I, w- I went down to Paramount and I pitched them my Star Trek idea. and They loved it and they're going to get somebody to write it and we're going to make it. And it's like, oh, I'm so jealous. I-, I wish that that was my gig. I just wish I was the think tank guy. I'm just going to spew out the ideas. Now, I'm no Quentin Tarantino, you know. So, you know, obviously he has earned his stripes and his place to do that. But the fact that he can, he should just be doing that. He should just be going to studios and just pitching them ideas and maybe all movies will become better. Just give the guy a fucking story credit. You know what I mean? Like, more people need to listen to this fucking dude because he's probably right, you know? It would be cool to make a version of Transformers that's a 70s action thriller, you know, revenge flick. (laughs) Like, of course that would be awesome, Quentin, you know? All of his ideas of, like, genre-forming and whatever are fucking sick. You know what I mean? You, you're you trying to tell me you couldn't see that dude snort a line and then just come up with Joker, you know? Like, he's definitely had all the, like, right ideas of, like, how can we combine these cool things and do all this in these cool ways and, like, Western style, blah, 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 and whatever, you know? It, I mean, it's clearly his runway. I, I'm just saying, like, he should be doing this on a mass level. I I don't understand why we don't have, like, a huge fan doing this shit. Always. You know? And, I mean, that's why all those movies, like, are so good, because there's passion behind it. And it's like, that's always what's lacking. So it's like, at least if the core ideas of movies were have an original passion and like there's like a solid layout going like you can't go wrong from there i mean like everything's gonna be in good writing so if you hire shitty writers it might be a shitty movie and blah 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 etc but if you start out with a shitty premise then your whole thing's never gonna have a chance to begin with so i don't know i just think like give give the people with the creative minds let them just come up with the ideas like why aren't these why aren't studio heads just like the best filmmakers and they can just get the best shit made. I don't know. I, I guess I don't really know enough about how it all works, but I think that in a dream scenario, like, the people making our shit would be the people who like shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a big difference between someone like a company that's churning out shit on an assumption that people will just watch it. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between making something that you want people to watch and Making something that you want people to watch because it matters to you. right? And that's like that's pretty much the biggest distinction with all like the the streaming services. Like their original content is just content. That's all it is. There are no like passion projects coming out of there. there there are not movies that like people are putting their heart and soul into. It's oh, Netflix is gonna finance my big budget, whatever let me make my big budget whatever you know and it's just I'll turn it out and it'll get popular and then we'll all forget about it and I don't I don't think that that's a sustainable take I think that eventually going viral for a week is not the ultimate success of any project I don't see how Tiger King is going to hold any testament of time it's going to be like hey remember that meme You know? And, like, it is a pretty solid documentary. I mean, I think it's too long, which is kind of like the post-Malone thing. Like, we're just trying to get more streams. So, like, I guess I kind of get it financially. And, like, it's decent as a doc, but, like, it's only decent because of how ridiculous everything is. Because, like, as I talked about, the actual documentary itself doesn't have anything to say. And it seems like none of the new shows, comedies, dramas, whatevers, they don't really have anything to say. And I think that that's the biggest problem. And I think that that's why, amongst, again, everything that's going on, and as I talked about, everybody's so hyped for The Last Dance. I was able to find a way to just watch two episodes. I mean, my ESPN app, luckily, just, like, a, like said I was signed into a cable provider. Don't know that I am, because uh, I definitely don't have a cable provider, but, hey, fucking A all right with me. If I can watch all of these, that would be fucking sick. Uh, I got to watch the first two I don't like how much they're setting it up and I get why cuz clearly it's going to be fucking amazing with all the things that they've already set up and teased at um I can tell that they they clearly like spent all the cash that they could possibly to make this happen. I mean, they interview all the right people. It's basically the entire team and staff and fucking, they got the owner and shit. Like they got everybody, which is fantastic. Um And they made both of the first two episodes really just, like, shrouded in all the backstory. Whereas, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. Like, was it going to be a comprehensive doc on, like, Jordan's career, on the Bulls dynasty as a whole? A little bit of both. Just kind of on the history of everybody involved, which is fucking awesome to come from that many point of views. Um, But clearly, like, the access that those cameras got for that season, I'm so glad that it's been unearthed. Because... There's not really a good enough insight into teams as is. I mean, like when you watch hard knocks and shit, it's like, yeah, somebody will be dumb. Somebody will be whatever. I mean, this year to watch Antonio Brown unravel and only slightly because like I think teams get final cut. So it's like you're not really going to show that much, uh, which is part of the problem. Um, And, I mean, I know Jordan, I think, got Final Cut, but I think he also understands, like, what would make a believable and real and quality documentary. So, I mean, there's definitely going to be shit in there that he might not necessarily want people to see, whereas the Raiders would never want—you know what I mean? No team is willing to show things that people don't want to see. Or, what? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't want to show anything that people don't want to see god i'm really just losing my mind in here uh but you know what i mean like no team is gonna want to leak anything that makes the team look bad is what i was essentially trying to say so we got there we got there eventually um whereas like michael jordan is like yeah he probably didn't want to show people him screaming at his teammates for shit but uh you know now's the time i mean it's been enough time and it all happened and it all worked so it's all worth it right go yell at your kids. You know, maybe uh, maybe they'll win you some championships. You never know what's gonna happen, really. Uh, but I'm excited for the rest of it. I mean, it it definitely was worth a lot of hype. Probably not as much hype as the current sportsless, jobless America, like forcibly amped it up to be. You know, but I think that that's a pretty safe thing to say. I definitely think that it is a upper echelon thirty for thirty already if it even qualifies as one, but I'm just going to call any ESPN doc that because fuck it, ignorance rips. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited for the rest of it. I can't. I, I mean, it, it's kind of like reliving it. Not that I really lived it to begin with, Uh, but they're really breaking it down. I mean, I didn't know a lot of the information already. I didn't know that Scotty was that, upset like i knew everybody was upset with the front office i think everybody knows that everybody hated krauss uh i do think it is a little unfair that like you're just shitting on this dead guy the whole time and he literally can't say anything about it that's pretty unfair um you probably shouldn't spend that much time talking about it but like not out of even like a respect for the dead thing I I don't even mean it like that. I just think, like, if that dude doesn't get to say his own side, then this thing is pretty one-sided. So you can kind of just say it once. You know, but they're really, really rubbing it in. Like, this is all his fault. And it's like, here's my take on it. I, and again, I didn't know about the Scotty contract thing, that it was as bad as it was anyway. I didn't know about the injury thing that he like put off the surgery, and I didn't know that the team struggled at first. I thought that all three of those years they just ripped. You know, especially because like the 72 and 10 year happened in the th- in the second three feet, you know, so I thought that they were just chilling. So, I mean, it was cool to see that there was a lot of turmoil and like that they weren't even that good. And it was like a whole thing. So it's like really trying to see like champions be champions. And that I'm excited for that prospect. Um, but my Kraus thing is, yeah, wanting credit as a GM. I get it. I get why you would want some credit when you don't get it. I don't really think that that's that big of an issue, you know. Like maybe every one like maybe at one press conference you're just like, Hey man, you know I, I I did some stuff, you know. But I mean they said he was winning like front office exec of the year and shit. Like you're getting recognized, bro. And you have Michael Jordan. What do you expect? Like nobody's gonna be like, Thank God you drafted Michael Jordan <laughs> You know? I mean, like technically there should be no praise in drafting guys that are like locks. You know what I mean? Like the Cavs GM Shouldn't get a big thing for for when he took LeBron James. It's like, yeah, you better have. you know what I mean, What else were you gonna do? <laughs> do you think anybody else would have possibly <laughs> done something in a different way and that you're some kind of genius for figuring the shit out? Now again, he put an an incredible team together. I mean, Jordan was in the league for seven years before they won a final. You know, he put the whole team together. That's fine. But, so, like, that—that that is the one thing that is enough to say, like, he did have some point. No, he was wrong, you know, but they really, really shit on the guy. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, we get it. Like, he, he was an asshole and fucked up and ruined the best thing that ever happened to Chicago sports. Don't rub it in, you know. <laughs> I think maybe that's what it is. I'm just real salty. I don't want to think about, like, oh, this could have kept going, you know. <laughs> I, I th- that's the saddest part about it like in my head. I want to re- I want to think of it as like, yeah, that went as well as it possibly could have. <laughs> and there's no way it could have been any better. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan left on his own terms when he wanted to, you know, let me just keep being ignorant like that. I think that getting that light shined on it really just made me uncomfortable. So maybe as a homer, that's why I wasn't a fan Um, and then didn't expect to touch upon this. Uh, you know, didn't, didn't expect this to be a super sports heavy episode, you know, but breaking fucking news today, (laughs) which (laughs) I guess I'm naive for not even like, it didn't even really cross my mind that this could happen, but fucking Gronk is back with Brady. And let me tell you this, the level of excitement that I got for the NFL season skyrocketed Tenfold. Okay, the draft is already coming up in a couple days, and I cannot wait for it. I have loved the draft since I was a kid. I think the draft is part of the reason why I got so into football. Um, it really just exposes you to so much. What, What the thing that I hate about the draft is learning about a guy and like really falling in love with a guy, like almost as if you're a GM and you're like, man, I would fucking take this guy if I could. And for all rounds, you know what I mean. Like you find out about guys that fall back, uh. I mean, I've always been a big Kellen Moore dude. Uh, I can say that full-heartedly uh, along with, you know, basically I wanted all the spread guys that I liked coming out of college. And at the time that wasn't thought of, and now it's becoming a normal thing. And I'm like, well, that's kind of fucking annoying because I know, I, uh, <laughs> I know, I thought that I knew in my heart that some of these dudes really make it. Like I thought Kellen Moore would have been a legit pro. Colt Brennan from Hawaii, that team was amazing okay, and Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree's quarterback, a Texas Tech guy, I remember those three guys, I was like, I don't understand how nobody sees this, now, I was too young to evaluate, maybe those guys wouldn't have made it, I do think Kellen Moore would have, the guy won, the guy fucking won games, that's huge, okay, now the other guys are like one year wonder more type of guys. Like at least in their like winning, winning seasons. And then I remember called Brendan and Hawaii got fucking destroyed in the BCS game they played. Um, but whatever. So yeah, like guys like that. Or I remember like Dan LaFever was a big like draft day guy. I I didn't buy it, but everybody's like, yeah, Dan LaFever. You know they they're looking at him in like the fifth round. He could be a potential quarter. It's like, come on, <laughs> we're not gonna play Dan LaFever. And I mean, I was right about that, but anyway, so yeah, I, I love the draft that's coming out, but I mean, this, this really just has exploded my interest in the upcoming season. I mean, I, I really didn't think Gronk was going to come back, especially because the way the Patriots were struggling at the end of last season, I mean, I thought if he was coming back, he's going to come back and just finish out the playoff ride. And I mean, who knows, like, was this all planned the whole time? Did, when Brady was talking to Kraft and Belichick, he's like, bro, you have to give me Gronk, please. It's like, the guy's going to stay retired unless he comes and plays with me. I would assume was the talk, right? And so just give me him. Like, you guys will get a pick out of it, and I'll get my guy. I'll be in another conference. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just hook me up. Just this, do me one favor as a parting gift, right? And wow, did they fucking deliver. Again, uh, I'm just assuming that that was like some kind of predetermined thing. Um, who knows? Maybe this was a spur-of-the-moment decision thing. That would be awesome, too. Uh, but th- that team just got so much better by adding Gronk. Because, I mean, you go from having a potentially decent tight end, you know what I mean? He hasn't really proven himself. Um in OJ Howard. Uh they they could potentially trade him now, maybe get a little more help on defense or something or whatever they might need for him, or keep it and try to do like a dual tight end thing. Um and you know that like already having Evans and <clears throat> Godwin is an unbelievable duo, but adding Gronk as the third guy, it makes it opens everything up for everybody else. Uh, It makes their offensive line automatically better. It makes their run game better. You know, Gronk is an O-lineman and the best tight end. You know what I mean? Like, you just bolstered the entire offense. It's, like, not fair. You know, for whatever regression Tom Brady may have had, it's like, well, fuck it. Now he can just fucking chuck the ball to anybody. <laughs> and it will not matter because he has all of the best people out there to try to catch these passes. Um. And it just, it feels cool. It feels like kind of, it feels like the good, smart, mature version of what the Heat did. Right? Like when LeBron did the decision and blah, blah, blah. It's like if he would have just played it cool and played it mysterious and done it all like this, like under the table, like, oh, breaking news. Boom. (laughs) Here's here's Chris Bosh. Boom. Here's another guy. Boom. You know? And that, that was how the rest of their roster played out. And you were just kind of like, oh, shit, they signed Mike Miller, too? They signed fucking this guy? There's going to be rain and threes. Out of it. And it worked. You know what I mean? Uh, th- that's how this feels. It's like, oh, he just got another guy. Like, he's connecting. He made 20 years of friends. And now he's like, guys, just give me one year. <laughs> take a pay cut. Come to Tampa. It's nice. We can have a blast. We'll win a Super Bowl or two. You know? And then we'll get out of here. And I think that like it's been well said that their defense is their defense is way better than you might have thought. Uh, you know, with all the J- with the Jameis turnover problems, it's like the defense is, <laughs> has way more possessions and blah blah blah, and they're actually, you know, a stout unit. Now they're gonna be on the field a whole lot less. I mean, that team's scary. I think with the addition of Gronk. They became a real thing because, like, we all know—well, we all don't know still—because Brady's talent around him went down. So maybe Brady hasn't really declined. Maybe the Patriots have declined their system, at least. You know, they didn't have playmakers, and now he has more playmakers than he's ever had. Arguably, um, <clears throat> I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are great. There's certainly no Randy Moss, um, obviously. I I would consider Randy Moss the most talented, possibly player I've ever seen. But certainly, I think he's the most talented uh, wide receiver of all time. He's probably not the best because, like, we just know he didn't try. Like, he would openly admit it, which I respect, frankly. Uh, That you can, like, not try and be the best ever is pretty crazy. Uh, But either way, like, neither of those guys are that good. Um, But Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is a better duo. You know what I mean? Like, Wes Welker did what Wes Welker did. But tell me that the receivers he has now is not a better core. I, I would say that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, because their other guys weren't that great. I mean, Jabar Gaffney, Dante Solworth, those guys, they were good, but they were elevated by the play of everybody else. And I think Chris Godwin would be a number one on any other team, at least at this point. I mean, he certainly played that way this last season. So I, I think that that team is really scary because you're talking two of the best receivers definitely won. You know what I mean? I think Mike Evans is unbelievable and you're talking the greatest tight end ever. Uh, and he took a year off, presumably his body healed up, you know, now he's got months to train and be ready. It just sounds perfect. I mean, he, he might not play as many snaps or whatever they might have to do differently to keep him more involved, but I, I don't see any way that this is a negative thing. Uh, so it's scary. just had to jump in and give my little take on that cuz fucking Gronk is a god and I love that guy and he's going <clears throat> he's going to have a he's going to have a fucking blast out in Tampa. Uh I think we can count on that. That's for sure. You know. Uh it's it's going to be a hell of a fun team it seems like. Uh And I I do not think it would be a mistake to instantly put them into contention. Now, That may sound crazy to a lot of people. Uh, I think that if you've seen anything over the last 20 years where nine of the last 20 Super Bowls had Tom Brady in it, that there's not a reason to think that he won't be back, especially now. I mean, if there's even more to come, who knows? You know, there might be even more deals on the way where everybody just starts fucking signing there. I wish that they would have signed Gurley, kind of, now. Not that... I think that he's okay. I mean, definitely his shit's all rocked, so I don't know what the fuck's going on with that guy. But you know what I mean? Just, like, imagine all these explosive crazy deals just being signed there where they're just like, oh, we got this guy, we got this guy. I can definitely see that in their future, you know, somehow. Or, like, they make a crazy splash in the draft and, you know, just make moves. I don't know. Uh, I think that that team has to go into instant contention. You You have to give Brady the benefit of the doubt. You have to give fucking Gronk the benefit of the doubt. Because it was Gronk that brought the Patriots back, like, almost single-handedly. He changed that team entirely. Like, as a force of nature, <laughs> he fucking willed that team into a completely different scenario, and, like, they excelled because of that guy. They were they would not have been back in Super Bowls without him, you know? Uh, so, I, I honestly, like, the whole thing I said about the Bears' potential in the NFC just kind of breaks my heart now. And I think we're supposed to play Tampa Bay. If whew, would love to be able to get my hands on that. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna get ready to get the credit card ready. I'll fucking drop some cash to get to go see Tom Brady play. And then it'll be a nice little parallel story to me seeing the Wizards like or was seeing Jordan on the Wizards. I can have seen Brady on the Bucks. Yeah, that would be nice. Anyway, sorry. Um, make the people laugh, Adam. They want you to make them laugh. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but, I mean, it, it has just been, what a crazy start to the week. I mean, you get, on Monday, you start with the 420 420 of all time. Um, There won't be another 420 like this for 100 years, you know. So we're very lucky to be a part of it. And I hope everyone plays it on an exponential level for that factor. And technically should have been this whole month. You know, we got a whole 420 month going on. So the ultimate 420, I think, was a success for me. And I hope it was for you as well. You know, just keep doing your thing. You know, rocking it out. Never stop, never stopping. You know, that's what they say. And that's just, you know, that's what we try to do every day. You know, they finally dropped The Chronic on all major streaming services with a landmark achievement in music. And uh, it's about time that everybody finally gets the pleasures. Now, luckily for me, as an Apple Music subscriber, I've been lucky enough to have been bumping that shit for a long time. And uh, I definitely wasn't into it for a long time. Like, I just didn't get it. It just didn't click with me. And then uh, one day last summer, like, I just got an itch to listen to it. I I don't know what it was. I was like, it's time to give this another chance, you know. Um, I think somebody had posted it. It might have been for the anniversary, so it might have been after the summer. Shit, that actually might have just only been a few months ago then, like in December. Huh. Well, I don't know. Uh, But maybe it was the December before. Jesus. Uh, Clearly, my brain has turned into scrambled eggs, so that's a lot of fun. And we're just going to keep on rolling and ignore all of that. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, phenomenal record. Uh, it finally clicked with me and uh, it absolutely is a masterpiece and I think it is unheralded and almost untouchable. Uh, if you want to talk de- debut records, I mean I, I don't really know anybody that uh, can touch it other than who maybe NAS if you want to say it, but I think that the chronic is probably better than nomadic. Uh, you know and then then that kind of goes on like do you want to just compare the other East Coast guys because that's really it. So it's just like, what would you rather have? You know what I mean? Because you could say Biggie's is better, because, like, you know what I mean? It depends on what you're looking at or looking for, I guess. Um, But then, like, you know, College Dropout, I guess, like, it's, like, almost on an untouchable level. And especially given at the time, like, he invented his own genre in order to do it. And to this day, I mean, the drums sound incredible. The bass lines are fat as ever. Like, it, it sounds brand new still. Nobody is able to come up with that kind of sonic clarity. Which, I mean, like, makes sense. Like, on production terms, like, Dr. Dre is one of the greatest producers of all time. So, like, sure, I mean, I guess I get that. But, like, I don't know. For the sound to still be fresh to this day. And, I mean, I guess, like, since, I ha- since I'm since i listening to it out of the context of all the watered-down G-Funk ripoffs that led to follow, you know, of, of course it still sounds great and fresh to me, you know, because I wasn't being spoon-fed all that G-Funk in my youth. You know, I wasn't born yet. Um, uh, so lucky me, I guess, for basically getting to enjoy it for the first time again, you know, once I started to listen to it, but like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) very few records, like truly just like blow me away when I listen to them. That is absolutely one of them. Like it is one of the greatest landmark achievements, I think. And not just even just in hip hop, like in, in music in the nineties, for sure. Like that is a hundred percent one of the best albums of the 90s like for sure and i I mean i know that that's not like a controversial thing to say you know i'm talking about what is like widely recognized as one of those great albums (laughs) you know but i mean like to take those like george clinton samples and like just to do what he did with it and everything and just like i don't know i can't even put it into words uh, he just straight up crushed it. I mean, fucking bring Snoop in and just all the features are fucking sick. All the singing is sick. You know, like, the skits are fine. I've never been a big skit guy. You know, very rarely am I, like, willing to listen through them. And I definitely think a big problem that a lot of rappers have is making their skits way too long. Where it's like, yeah, this bit might have been funny around, like, 45 seconds in but now we're like a minute 30 into this skit and i'm like i get it man like you're you're trying to be funny that's cool you know and a lot of rappers are very funny but i just mean like i guess in the context of an album like do we really need skits um i don't know i mean like sure it kind of lightens the mood but is do we do we even want that (laughs) right uh but i i would do anything to listen to those instrumentals so i mean you can put fucking whatever you want over them they just sound absolutely perfect to me everything about it uh i've actually been i've been thinking about trying to do like my own style of a g funk thing just to see if i can like make that same type of sound it is just fantastic uh and uh parliament's still banging it out i saw them at pitchfork like 2 years ago george clinton was still going pretty hard i mean uh you know he didn't move incredibly well, <laughs> let's say that. But uh, you know they were fucking jamming. They sounded great, and uh, gl- glad I got to catch them right, right before they stopped, right before the fucking world stopped. <laughs> Better yet, um, Chicago's fucking canceling a bunch of summer shit now. So I think uh, Pitchfork may be canceled again, which uh, you know is the it's the only thing I go do. So it's like fuck, man. Come on, not a big festival guy. You know I, I fucking lawless garbage. I, it, it's like, wh- why would I want to spend more money to, like, be farther away and, like, more annoyed and have to pay more to, like, survive? You know what I mean? And it's like, plus I got to go all the way downtown and, like, get all the way to the park. And it's like, ah, It just seems like such a hassle. And it seems like it's such a massive, like, area. It seems like it covers the entire park. It's like, you got to walk across that whole fucking thing to get somewhere. Pfft. I don't want to walk across it once like like if i have to cut through to like get to soldier field sorry now i'm just talking about like the fucking logistics of this whole thing uh whatever fuck it <laughs> I, the summer is coming and it's already being canceled and uh i don't really know how to handle it what are we supposed to do you know what i mean the air conditioning bill is going to be outrageous <laughs> isn't that a concern for everybody can you imagine the kind of clout AC repair guys are going to be getting. I mean, community f- has foretold quite a few things, I think, in our lives. But uh, I I think uh, I'm finally going to begin to understand just what they meant by how important those air conditioning repairmen are. Because <laughs> I think business is going to be booming. If it gets hot for fucking three days and some dude's stuck in his house, he's going to kill his wife and call the air conditioning guy to come fix it. Those will be the fucking days, toots, okay? When I get myself off of this wife beater and my sweat stops dripping from these pits, you better believe you're going to go head first into the fireplace and I'm going to set this whole house to 75 degrees and we're going to learn what it's like to be cool for once. Wow. Uh. Yeah, so <laughs> that was my rendition of what it was like to be in what would today be considered an abusive but then considered a typical american family relationship via the era of when air conditioning became a thing so yeah that was clearly a coherent explanation of that bit didn't this isn't going on too long at all but anyway sorry about all that dinging you know i just be fucking I'd be just waving my arms wildly throughout this. Like you can't you can't tell. Uh but I definitely be spazzing out here, you know. And uh, you know, sometimes some things get knocked around, you know. Sometimes, you know, your girl falls down the stairs, you know. She's clumsy. It it happens sometimes. I mean, you know, we've all gone to work with a couple black eyes, right? You know, I know my wife has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I kid. Um, I mean, I do feel bad for those, like, stuck with, like, their boo. You know what I mean? Like, while in a normal... <laughs> I mean, what is normal? Uh, I guess in a storybook scenario... Uh, It would be great, and you get to spend a lot of time together, and uh, it could be really beneficial. But I also see mostly <laughs> the reasons why it would be a total fucking nightmare, and, uh, you know, kind of glad. I mean, could you imagine just really how much somebody could get under your skin in close quarters? Like, if you had to spend that much time together, you know, for that long? You know, especially if things already weren't going that well. It's not a good look. You know what I mean? You can't do anything about it either. You're trapped. Uh, yeah, that seems seems like a fucking nightmare. So uh, hashtag all my single ladies. You know, we fucking grinding it out out here. We doing it big, right? I'll see you in the club when everything reopens. You know? I'll get your number. You know? What do you got going on? You've been inside. I know you ain't up to nothing. That's how you're gonna know, right? Like quarantine ends, and uh, you try to hit up a chick to go out, and she's like, "Nah, I got plans." And it's like, the restaurant just announced that they were gonna be opening like 45 minutes ago. You don't got any plans, you know. And it's just gonna—it's gonna be the hardest time to reject anybody. Now is the easiest time. Uh, like just because you know. You're not gonna fucking see anybody. So you can say whatever the fuck you want to anybody. Uh but uh trust me, uh it, it it's gonna be a fucking frenzy, I think, when this place opens. I bet you there is a uh large spike in the in the STD department <laughs> post pandemic, you know. Now we're gonna have to worry about syphilis again, you know. Maybe, maybe this is all just one big marketing tactic for the new Tom Hardy, Al Capone movie. Uh, you know, so when everybody gets out of quarantine, they all start fucking, they all get syphilis and Tom Hardy's like, ah, you know who had syphilis? Al Capone, go see my movie. And we're all like, wow, that was the most elaborate marketing scheme of all time. I will definitely go see that movie. You know, I would. (sighs) Boy. Boy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's just like I can't even find like a new thing to binge. You know how like I don't even want to say that it's like a fear of commitment. I think it's just like to have a full interest in a show is just so difficult, you know, like it you really have to sell me at this point. And one of my biggest factors is like if it's really long, it makes me less inclined, but like, you know, the better shows last, man. I've been I've been trying to like start the Sopranos for years and I just can't commit the time and I'm the same way with books and like especially right now it's like I'll spend like an hour on my phone and then I'll just like turn on my xbox and just like look through streaming things and then I'll get bored and I'll just like look through my phone and it's like dude I could have just been reading a book could have been started a show could have put in a movie I didn't see and the thing is, is that like I'm very much like a mood guy Right. Where it's like when I'm solo, it's hard for me to get into the mood for one thing. And then I get into the mood for like a certain movie and then like you can't stream it anywhere. And then I'm like trying to find ways to watch that movie. And then I can't, you know, and then I'm like, I don't want to watch anything else now, you know, and I just get real mad about it. And it's just counterproductive. Right. Uh, But I can't seem to break the cycle. And so I am just like doing whatever I can to try to kill time, and it is just not working. And it's like, I got plenty, you know? And I just, like, won't let myself do it. And it is insanity. And uh, before, I at least had excuses, like, oh, I don't want to read a book, you know, (laughs) after work. (laughs) And it's like, sure, I guess you can kind of justify that dumb fucking nonsense if you want to, right? But now, there's just not really any reason. It's like, you got plenty of time to kill, bro. Just go for it. You know, and it's like, could I start The Sopranos? It's like, ah, I should, you know, but I probably won't. And I tried to watch fucking Ant-Man, you know, yesterday. I was like, ah, that'll be like an okay thing. And I I just can't do it. I'm sorry. You know, it seemed very nice and light and Paul Ruddy. And, you know, as pleasant as that sounds, which is nice. But man, like, the fact that they're, like, saying lines and basically winking at the camera when they say them to, like, let you know that that sentence mattered, it's like, dude, you can just go fuck right off, okay? Like, just how stupid do you think everybody that watches these things are? Clearly very, and clearly they must be to not give a shit, but, like, I don't like that shit, you know? Don't spoon-feed me fucking everything. You know, like, I admit that I'm dumb enough to not pick up on Easter eggs a lot of the time. I mean, I think that's why they're there. But I mean, like, in the context of, like, Better Call Saul, you know, there's a bunch of Breaking Bad references. You know, I miss some of them. You know, like, the Easter eggs that are seeable at the time. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't spot them. You know, sometimes the themes of certain movies go right past me. I don't claim that I'm some kind of fucking Stephen Hawking in the theater out there. Okay? Okay. But you don't need to fucking say, "Hey, here's what's happening," right? Like that's isn't that what we're watching? Sorry, the movie is insulted my intelligence. I'm upset about it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna try to start digging into the DVD crate and just start going through everything I haven't seen. I had a hard drive full of shit. Uh, it was accidentally wiped which I'm upset about, but at the same time, it's like there was so much on there that I was never going to look at. And it kind of just freed me from like, oh, man, one day I got to pull that out. You know what I mean? Like it it took away from my list of things to watch based on uh, ownership. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like by forgetting what was on that hard drive, I forgot what I've been wanting to watch, so I don't got to fucking deal with it anymore. You know, it's almost as if like you had a car And you just keep putting all this money into it, and you're, like, trying to fix it up, and you're trying to restore it, and you just, like, kind of don't really know what you're doing, but you keep toughing it out, and you keep grinding it out, because, like, this is my project! Let me have this! You know, and, like, you just keep bickering with your woman about it, and she just won't fucking let it stop, but then one day, you know, your uncle comes by and just swings through with a new transmission, polishes that bad boy up, and you get home from work, and you drive it straight into the fucking sun. Yeah, you know, we all know how that happens. Uh, (laughs) Uh, It was exactly like that. Uh, Imagine how liberating that would be for you. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I got to stop eating all all these canned goods. I think it's getting to me. It's weird. Now, it's for both budgetary reasons, and so I don't have to leave the house as often. It's like an extra combo of both goodies. Um, but I find way more comfort just eating all these canned goods, but (laughs) I don't know. It's just like meal prepping. It's just ready. One can eat it. I'm a dog. Feed me. Okay. What do I care how good it is? It doesn't matter, you know? (laughs) Um, but like it would be pretty sick. I think, uh, as a, this, this wouldn't be anything that I would do because, uh, it's just not my wheelhouse. You know, my wheelhouse is just sitting here and bullshitting, hopefully getting a chuckle or three. You know, that, that's, that's where I'm at, you know? And then I make, I make drum sounds. (laughs) So, uh, I don't think that this could apply, but I think that somebody could easily do like some, like, I know that everybody's trying to do their own little like quarantine project thing. Um, but I think a unique one would be to do like a cooking show, but only with like non perishables. Now that would be fun period. Um, but let's say like, Oh, people, so people can like dig through their pantry use shit that they already had or like oh you're on a budget or you're trying to stock the fuck up and you got like a pallet in your <laughs> in your garage you know filled with a bunch of shit whatever the case may be um i think like trying to learn some crazy cool recipes out of shit that's ready to go like that would be super fun um i know that i've been getting creative but that might just have been the 420 in me you know <laughs> i don't know if that was the martha stewart <coughs> in me um <laughs> but I guess that that is kind of the same thing, you know, she'd just be blazing it fucking 24-7. I think that she's like hanging with, you know, Snoop and shit, right? Are they still are they still friends or did that happen like once on the internet, like 15 years ago? <laughs> uh, like she went to jail and, they, and he was just like, yep, she got street cred now, let's fucking smoke a blunt. Is that how that went down or are they just homies like bowling? Is there a Martha Stewart feature on a Snoop Dogg record? Uh, I mean, I don't think so, and I hope not, but, I mean, it doesn't sound that implausible to me, you know? Uh, For those who don't remember, uh, even fucking Death Row Records put out a Christmas album, you know? And uh, that's just fucking weird, and that doesn't need to happen. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. I think that uh that is possible and if I just spoke that into existence, then I'm sorry, you know, if that happens going forward, that would be pretty unfortunate. Although what if she had bars? Like what if Martha came out like spitting and it was like, Oh my god, she's been the coolest lady ever this whole time. None of us were paying attention. <laughs> I think that that would be fun. I think that they would have to be making fucking movies about Martha Stewart at this point, at that point. You know what I mean? The fact that there already hasn't is a little bit of a crime. I mean, Meryl Streep is a lock to play that role. She would be unbelievable in that position. Now, not that Meryl Streep isn't great in everything all the time, you know, but come on. That is a match made in heaven. Oh, white ladies, be bowling. Coming to a theater near you. (laughs) Check it out, okay? It's like straight out of Compton, um, but they all live in real nice houses, and their problems are real tiny. Doesn't that sound like a good movie? (laughs) Shouldn't there be more movies where the stakes are nothing and nothing really happens, you know? We need more movies like My Dinner with Andre. You know? Let's just, like, fucking hang out. Let's have a good time. <laughs> I think that, uh actually, off the top of my head, a My Dinner with Andre-style movie is the coolest way ever to do, like, a podcast special. Right? So, like, I mean, all stand-ups get theirs. You know, if you make it, you get a special. That's fantastic, and I love it. But what about, like, their podcast like a lot of comedians have them uh I'm c- you're clearly listening to one right now so that's cool right uh imagine if there was a way to get a special like think about like uh like last podcast on the left right they're fucking amazing and they tour and stuff which is fucking cool but where's their netflix special now that would be hard to determine theirs would probably have to be a series you know um, but it doesn't have to be anything like, oh, since we're talking, like, it needs to be animated or acted out and do, like, you know, a, like, uh, the first thing, you head is like a drunk history style, like, reenactment thing. I don't think that any of that has to happen. Could be cool. Could ruin it. You know? But why, why can't you just, like, film a bunch of people chatting, like, but in a cool cinema style? So it justifies making it as a special versus just, hey, here's just a video episode. Or if somebody already does video, like really takes it to another level, you know, by amping up all the production quality, you know, and just have a one-on-one interview, present it as if it was a film and just call it your podcast special. I don't know. You know, again, I'm just the idea guy. I just work in the think tank. Whether you make it, that's up to you. Uh, but if you want to make it, you know, give me a call, <laughs> DM me, bro. Let's make that happen. Cause, uh, sounds like I'm bringing the fucking heat right now. And, uh, doesn't seem like I got a catcher, bro. Come catch this curve, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, one, one thing that I'll never understand about baseball and catchers in particular is like, now, I, again, I will never claim to be a man in any kind of shape. Uh, other than round, right? Uh, uh, hopefully that's not the case forever, but, you know, that's a whole other conversation for a whole nother time. <laughs> uh, but I don't understand that, like, even if you were to work on your legs and exercise your feet and whatever the fuck you could possibly condition below the belt for however strong you could have it become... I don't see any scenario in which squatting for extended periods of time ever becomes a tolerable, nice, comfortable thing. I just think that that is naturally super uncomfortable. And honestly, I wouldn't tolerate it. (laughs) Uh, I don't think that anything is worth that. Now, granted, like, you could be a millionaire, sure, right? But I mean, like... Going through, like, Little League and all that shit all the way through high school and stuff, and you're just squatting for free? It's like, bro, this is hell. We got all this gear on. It's the middle of summer? That just seems like the shit end of the stick, bro. Like, I don't care how quick your reflexes are or how shitty you are at fielding. Like, if that's the reason you end up there, I don't really know. But fuck, man. I would rather not play baseball. That just seems like a fucking nightmare. Well, I think I'd rather just not play baseball, period. But that—that's an, again an, a whole nother conversation <laughs> for a whole nother time. You know, we're getting towards the end of the hour here, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, I've always—I've always thought about doing like hour and a half, two-hour shows. I have no no reason against that. You know, this is a full long-form, open-ended medium, which is beautiful about it. Uh, I just kind of find that like. Once we hit the hour point, I think that I kind of hit a couple rhythms, you know. I Like to think that I uh was vibing, as the kids say, uh throughout at least some of it, you know. Definitely hit some fucking A plus dingers, right? We're gonna keep the baseball references going, um. But I just think after that, like it gets hard. It gets hard to sustain after that much time. I mean, do you even want to hear me for this much longer? You know, H- hasn't it been rough the last fifty five minutes and forty seconds? Cause I bet it has, and thank you for sticking with me. Uh, but yeah, um, I've also thought about like if I had, if I if or when, let's say I do uh, another guest, like maybe I do a full show like this, and then tack that on as the second thing. Who knows? You know. Again, I, I, I'm sure I've talked about like the ideas I've had for format play before. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If anyone's ever wondered. It just kind of seems weird to me to do longer, but it definitely, it doesn't seem weird to me to do longer. Sorry, let me go back on that. Um, It just seems like too much. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, an hour, an hour plus, you know, like wherever it naturally ends within that time. Sometimes it ends at like 58 minutes, you know, and I kind of have to like chime my way through a couple to get through. Kind of like what I'm doing right now. Wink, wink. Uh. No, just kidding. Uh, But yeah, it just seems like the right amount of time. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I mean, longer would be cool. I don't like doing less because it just seems wrong to me. Uh, Almost like, I don't know, like if you told me a movie was an hour, I would tell you that that was too short, right? So if you tell me that a podcast is 30 minutes, I'm going to say the same thing. Uh, I think an hour is technically even pretty short. You know, that's just kind of my one-man compromise. Um, And I also have a weird thing with numbers, and I think we all do, again, like, (laughs) here I go, saying this again. But I'm sure I've said this before. (laughs) Uh, It's like the thing in sports. Like, if a guy had 99 catches in a season, I'd be like, man, if he just had one more. You know? But it's like, having 99 catches is just as impressive as having 100 catches. You know what I'm saying? But for whatever reason, I, I don't know. If I see it at less than one hour, it just drives me insane. So that's just a little insight into my brain. There is no real reason for me to bring that up. But is there any real reason for any of us to do or say anything at any time? <laughs> if the coronavirus has taught us anything, isn't it that most people are pretty useless and can we can kind of just keep everything going pretty chill? <laughs> like <laughs> Like, we don't really need that many jobs, you know? There's just a lot of people, a lot of time to kill, a lot of money to make. So we're uh, clearly going out on a happy note. I'm feeling good here. This is going to be the rare, like, late night post, too. You know, I'm going all for it, going all in. You know, Uh, some some days, you know, the bug just gets me. And I'm like, I got to get this recording in. And then when I'm done, there's no way I'm not going to post it. You know what I mean? I'm a man of the people. I'm out here, you know. Kissing babies, shaking hands, doing whatever the fuck you gotta do to stay afloat in this business. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I can't even take myself seriously sometimes, you know. Ugh, but that's okay. I mean, should I? You know, I think, uh, I think we should keep it a little fun, you know. <laughs> I don't even know what I just said right there, um. But yeah, I don't know. Just, just out here trying to have a good time. I don't even really know what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, pretty much time to wrap this thing up. <laughs> I think what that means is, yeah, you know, like when I get to this point, you know, it's just like I don't even know what I could say anymore. I feel like I've been talking for my entire life. And it's wonderful. And I love it. Um, but, yeah, let me just uh, replug what I plugged at the beginning. Uh, as always, well, not as always, as re- as of recently, you can find all of my music streaming everywhere, uh, Wolf X solo style everywhere uh i'm in a band as well we're called multiplex again streaming everywhere uh this podcast available everywhere really making strides in 2020 you know i i've gone global uh the globe just doesn't know it yet sorry i just got a little screamy in there (laughs) the world will know who i am (laughs) i swear (laughs) uh if not that's fine you know whatever I don't have a, I don't have a complex or anything. <laughs> I don't need to prove myself. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, all that streaming everywhere. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at adam.arfat. You know, keeping the branding all together. It's all there. And uh, there's a link in my bio on the Instagram that can get you to all of that stuff if you don't want to look it up individually uh, you know, helping you out, making it easy. We got link trees upon link trees. All pages are going to all pages. You can find basically all of the shit I've ever done because, uh, anything that's not on anything in the link in my bio is probably posted on my Instagram. Uh, so really just all unified on there. Um, yeah. And, uh, rate, Review, subscribe, please. Uh love to hear any feedback. You can always uh contact me at rfatpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh and yeah, sorry, I'm gonna try to do that more often. It seems to be the correct and professional thing to do is to like actually tell people what you do. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna try to plug plug this guy up. You know what I mean? When when I tell people I know the plug, I I'm actually just saying that I know me because I plug myself on this while I talk alone in my in my little uh, my little command center as I like to call it. So yeah, you know, just more insight into the psyche of a broken man uh, in a room by himself. Uh, so with that, uh, let me just remind you that I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calculator, everybody.